joining us for season 18 episode 9 9 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I am Bill. It's just the three of us tonight. Yes, it is. It's intimate. No, there's four. I'm uh, Chewy. I don't know why he talks with his head, though. With his mouth. It's like the world's worst puppet. <laughs> That's how they speak English. Like with the top of their heads? Or, or Galactic Common or whatever. That's right. <clears throat> In this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, we're going to discuss how to assess players' solutions. Two problems presented by the GM. Levi, or Levy, writes in with a follow-up to our unhelpful advice. Of the Hill People sends an update on his in-store Savage Worlds game and muses upon language prompts in games. Mm. Charles from Ontario asks, why dice roll when you could decision make you don't want to roll? <laughs> and Kevin writes in about how RPGs saved his life. Wow. Saved his life. But first, we have a game convention, mm-hmm. President's Day weekend, February, February, 16, 17, yeah, whatever, somewhere in there, yeah, President's ba- Day weekend. Basically, it's for people who either have no significant other or very understanding significant others or significant others a game. Ah, yeah. not this time. Not this time. Why not? Because Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday. And so the you con do it the weekend before? Yes, and the is con, that the rule? Yep, and the con starts on the next, the following Friday. Aren't you supposed to just do it from like weekend to weekend when it's in the middle of the week like that? Doesn't it have to be like a ten day celebration of love? That depends on neediness. <laughs> well, I'm pretty needy. I'm pretty needy. For those of us who are dumb enough to get married that fucking weekend, <clears throat> but it's the weekend before. It's the weekend. Be- yeah. You use the weekend it's, before. Yeah, yeah. And my oh, husband's yeah. really cool about like weekend See? at a hotel, away from everybody. Okay. Right. As long as he doesn't have to pick me up after the podcast again, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. As long as I go, after this podcast ever, blah, 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 blah. I, maybe I don't remember. So go to strategicon.net <laughs> for information about the game convention. Mm-hmm. This one's Orcon, I think. Orcon is the winter maybe. con, I believe. It's February con. February con. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to be running like sav- uh, Swords and Wizardry. Right. It's the kids. Thing, right? I'm going to probably run kids games. I still haven't gotten my not my daughter nailed down as to whether or not she's going or not. Hmm. Once if I'm going to have both of them, I'm going to run all kids games. Sure, that makes sense. Or kid friendly games because right. I want I don't want to be sequestered over in the family game section. I want to be in the RPG right. section. Right, right. But with with games, it could yes. have adults or kids, and, yes. and, and, and usually a mix is great, right? Isn't there usually like parents that come the with ba- the kids? That's, yes, that's what happened when we did the Hero Kids at the last con. Right. They were. I think one parent m- m- picked a character and played. The other parents were just kind of there to help, to help their kids a little bit. Right. But um, one uh, one mother played a character yeah. as well. So it was like it was Zach, my son Zachary, three other kids, and then one of the kids' mom. Do they when the parents are there that aren't playing? Like the ones that are are they like uh, like baseball parents where <laughs> the kids rolling? Is like, oh, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you missed. Come on, my kid didn't miss. Ah, be a blind GM. <laughs> like. They're no. a little more subtle than that <laughs> <Are they>? usually. <laughs> Although you can you could t- you could kind of tell what kind of gamer they are by the advice they're giving them. Yes, yeah. that was really super interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. You know, that would be you'd have to you'd have to have parental permission and whatnot. But boy, that'd be a fun live stream game. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. What a so, great AP that would be, uh, young mm-hmm. kids. With the kids. Well, Allie and Z- Zachary and Allie want to... Well, Zachary wants to play Hero Kids again. I, I've got him hooked on RPGs. Right. Um, I, if I pick the right sort of game, I can get Allie hooked on it, too. And we, there's enough kids around where we can... Chewy. No barking. No barking. Yeah, it's... I'll drink your brains. My dog can hear me talking. She knows I'm in here. That's right. She wants in. <clears throat> You could just lock She's her in the house. I'm sure that wouldn't cause a problem. Oh, no. Yeah. Part border collie? Yeah. yeah no problem at all there. That'll be fine. That's what, that, She's the reason I'm holding off buying a new couch. Yeah? 100%. And plus, that couch you have is sweet, dude. Right. <laughs> it's... it's it, yeah. right, and it's got a lot of chew marks from Xander. That's because That's my right. dog That's ate right. his couch, so That's he right. took your couch. Right. right. Yeah, which he then ate a little bit more. Yeah, a, little. a little. A little. And then and he was then, gone. Yeah, and he was yeah. gone. Yeah. It's a good thing we're all such good friends. That's <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We'd love emails because they would have to come up with content. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them Sorry. the Sorry. Uh, I mean, it's because we want to connect with you <laughs> yes. in a deep and meaningful way. Yes. Which camera am I on? You're on this one. This, this is the one. Okay. cam. I'm looking too high then. Okay. We're also on Twitter, uh, happyjacksrpg, all one word. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Happy Jicks RPG. Oh, All one word. word. Wow. We're also on the Facebooks and the umlauts and the MySpaces and mm-hmm. Tribe. Woo. Burner. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you'd like to watch us live, you can watch us happychecks.org slash live. Oh my f- God, don't claw the door. I know. It's metal. They can't get through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's metal. It's fine. Uh, and, that, and there you'll find links to the YouTubes and the Twitches. And the yes. chat room, I think, is actually embedded in there. Yes, it is. So, there you are. Uh, I have awesome. been asked to plug an event, the WrightCountyGeeks.org. Ooh. They're holding an all-day gaming and geek-out extravaganza. Extravaganza. Wow. This is in Minnesota. Minnesota. At the Buffalo Community Center in downtown Buffalo, Minnesota. Where all the gamers are, you know, funny-looking and not circumcised. <laughs> It's a Fargo. Yes, it's totally. A, it's a reference. And it's this will be. I don't know if there's a reference. <laughs> <laughs> I have no personal knowledge. No. I don't know. No, we I had a roommate from I've Minnesota. Never seen, I've never, I have no idea. I didn't I've check. never seen him in speedos. I know. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, and this will take place on Sunday, January first, from oh. ten a.m. to ten p.m. And the chat room saying and the Patreon. Okay, I'll mention that too. Okay. <clears throat> and it's free. This thing is free. It's free. What the heck? Wow. Uh, they're going to be playing games, socializing, watching their favorite science fiction and fantasy movies. What is not to love? True. Uh, there will be scheduled games all day. Uh, they will also have ex- an extensive game library for people to grab their favorites and play in between the scheduled ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's hourly door prizes plus an awesome gaming prize basket worth over $200, so you'll want to be around for that. Wow. The public cool. is welcome. The event is family-friendly. Go to right, W-R-I-G-H-T, countygeeks.org to find out, to find them, on, or you can find them on Facebook and Twitter. And that's it. Facebook so, Twitter. January 1st, New Year's Day. That's cool. 10 a.m., 10 p.m. If you happen to be in Buffalo, Minnesota, why wouldn't you be? In the yeah. Speedos. In Speedos. In the dead of winter. It's <laughs> because <laughs> they are hardcore in Minnesota, my friend. <laughs> that is the dead of winter, right? Isn't that pretty much yeah. right around the dead of winter? Yeah. I think so. Is it a month with a like vowel in it? Yes. It's <laughs> the dead of winter in Minnesota. <laughs> All right. Um, did anyone play anything this week? Uh, like like anything, anything? 
Like in games, role playing games, uh, like paper and pencil role playing games. I started Assassin's Creed, the one in London, on my. You did on my uh, finally it's set in set in Victorian London. Oh really? On my my PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, those are so good. Like I only I only paid maybe like the first thirty minutes of it, but it's just you're instantly hooked. They're so good at with the dialogue and and the voice acting and pulls you right in. Really, you're like I am so. Yeah, I played the one I played before that was Black Flag, which is all pirates. Black Flag's the best. Which is just the shiz. I love it. Especially because we're such That's the shanty. nerds. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. We just run around singing all our songs. Yep, yep. And you collect shanties oh. and, and then you have ships that you're. You have your own ship and you're doing naval combat and you're doing missions on land and you're like other famous pirates that you're interacting with. And mm-hmm. I, I was playing that and it immediately made me miss that Pirate Pathfinder game. Yeah, yeah. The was running. Right. Oh. I was like, oh, I want to be doing a pirate game. And Such so game. that's the thing now. I'm playing this, and it's going to make me go, I want it is, I think of Victoria, and I'm dead. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll that'll help with our, our upcoming Rifts game, because, right. you know. Which, I don't, has it officially been announced? <coughs> Did we just, spoilers? No, I don't think so. We, no, I don't think, no, no we Dave was talking about I think it got talked about. Yeah, uh, Dave's going to be running podcast. Savage Worlds Rifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, it will probably start right after the first of the year. Right. I'm guessing. That we're talking about. Being crazy and trying trying to start right before the end of the year in character gym. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to try to so, do character gym possibly next Monday. 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 Right, it's right around the corner. I've so. been approved. Yay! Excellent. <laughs> and as long as it, my, my daughter and her homework. Oh my god, math homework. Math is hard. Yeah. Yes, it is, especially algebra. So I, but so I, in conjunction with that, I've been reading the the new Savage World Drifts right. rules. I just started reading. Yeah, that just day. like I just started doing that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm reading right now, in in earnest or in earnest, mm-hmm. is um, uh, Dresden Accelerated because I want to. Oh, right. I think I want to try oh. to run that. Mm-hmm. Probably a one shot, maybe like a two or three right. shot. Right. Um, because I love the Dresden Files. Right. So now with the Star Wars game coming to its conclusion. That's Tuesday, unless something happens, will be right. the concluding. Right. So then you're going to take a break and play for a while. Yes. Right. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Yes. And Dave is going to GM, which we have not had. Not a long time. In a long time. I think the last thing I last game we played where Dave GM'd was when he ran a tra- the Traveler game. Mm-hmm. He ran a test of the game he was going to run at, at a convention. But this right. is like six years yeah. ago or I'm, something. I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm super excited. Um... Oh, and we played uh, Vast Dominions on Tuesday. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't say what happened, but that's... Right. I, I it's, on, it's on YouTube. I love the conceit, because I've, I've only been popped in and out and being able to watch it so far. I love what it seems like there's this intergalactic Audubon Society <laughs> thing. Every time I tune in, there's like some strange glitter creature or something. It's amazing. And I'm yeah. like, what is happening? I'm enraptured. What is happening? <laughs> that is... Um, that well, we have two characters now that are are basically sciencey sort of exploratory kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Samantha made a table that uses three or four d twenties mm-hmm. to randomly generate some sort of creature. Okay, and um, the last one that, that that made an appearance in the last game was a uh, something. <laughs> but Terrence calling him Vastimon. Something, yeah. <laughs> Something mud chimera. I can't remember the. Oh yeah, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the the, the full name of it, but right. 
uh, and it was vicious. And that was a, it was a, the party was very frightened of this thing, and they should right. very well have been. Because right. I, I, the thing that's great is like, now are do you just roll on the table? No, no, they roll. They I roll. Think and they the, go. This is what we're looking for. That was the chat room that rolled it. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So we're having yeah. the chat room roll. Right, and then, and, then you're, and then you're just like, okay, this is what that's going to be. And then no, yeah. well, they they rolled it the week before. Okay, so you get your prep time. And then and then I took said, okay, what kind of horrible creature can I make that will scare the crap out of the party? And I succeeded. Right, awesome. It, the, I would say an. Good hour of the of the ep- of the episode was them trying to figure out how to get this thing without being eaten by it. Excellent. <laughs> and, I, and the thing is, is because we Mike. the thing is, is because we don't know anything about them because they're brand new creatures right. it's, it's to like the society in the world. Been, too. They've been seen, but they haven't been studied much, and there's no there's no right. there's no specimens of them. Right. You know, in so is that kind of is that because obviously like it's the, how many sessions are you guys in? It's still that this was is seven. seven. Right. Yeah, so feel it's newish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's not there. So for people that want to go and watch, you know, the backlog of these or or jump in, right? Because I'm sure we have people that watch this podcast and then go, like, oh, what's the other right. game talking about? Is it is it is it got some of that monster of the week feel where it's like here's what we're going after next? Are they all unknown? Is I don't think by design. That's I think player, we just that's yeah. player driven. Player driven, yeah, right. completely player driven. That's cool. He actually has a whole story that's about like the Russians and the Germans and stuff, and we just keep ignoring it because we want but, pretty well, stuff. Sure. No, no, that that the the driving factor to get all of the party interested to go to Callisto, which is one of the moons of Jupiter, mm-hmm. was the fact that yes, there's a secret German. <laughs> Uh, weapon there. proving ground thing right. there, but there's also this chimera thing that is right. some sort of crocodile creature that we have to go and mm-hmm. see if we can get that That's too. Awesome. So that, that brings them. So they got there, they spent the session dealing with that. Then the, now they're going to right but then hey, the look, we're next door to some plot. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The I saw some random video on my Facebook stream of uh, somebody's cat. They had a black cat that was rolling around in the bathtub after the person had. Like washed her hair with a bunch of glitter in it, so the cat had glitter stuck on it. And all I could think of was Sam. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, like, oh, look, it's a glitter cat, I think it's just glitter for... space cat." Yeah. <laughs> all right, will you turn this camera this way just a little bit? Toward you? Yes. The other way. Oh, the other toward. Me. There, yeah. That good? A little more. A little more. This good. Okay, okay. Man, on the fly. Yeah. So. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I'm I'm anxious to start playing again. I'm like yeah. super excited mm-hmm. to start playing. I was bummed I had to drop out of the Star Wars game, but you know, baby. Yeah, Woo-hoo! baby, that takes oh, yeah. precedence. Yeah, that's the game I've been playing. Right. Like, and now that now that he's eating solid food, it's the what's this in the diaper is the new game. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. and the, the shit stories you're gonna have. <laughs> All the shit stories ever. Oh. Everyone gets them. All right. I will tell you, as a as a player and as a GM, I have this completely different perspective on uh, emotional dials that get turned. Oh yeah, that I never thought of before. Or I, I acknowledge they were there, but I'm like, oh, mm, okay, well, whatever. And it's like I'll someone like flipped all, a switch inside your yeah, head. Yeah, now it's yep. like, oh, if there's a kid in peril, and again, I'd be like, oh, boom, oh, no. you know. Yeah. Where I think it was before, I'd be like, oh, ah, yeah, sucks to be you. You know, yeah, yeah it's a. It's, God, I'm not you, kid. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right. Uh, I wanted to talk about ways we assess players' solutions mm-hmm. as GMs to the problems presented by the GM. We've, we've talked a lot about how GMs 
when designing scenarios, should come up with the problems, but really not give a lot of thought to the solutions, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Let the players come up with what the solutions are. But what I would like to talk about is how you take those solutions and determine whether or not they're going to succeed. Sometimes it's left to a die roll. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's some things that... There's some criteria that happens before you let it mm-hmm. get to die, to dice mechanics. How plausible it is. I mean, if you think like a, a typical, um, um, you know, you've got a tower and you've got a prisoner in the top of the tower and there's guards at the bottom and there's one entrance, how are you going to get to them? Right. You, you, you design this, right. well, we're going to try to dig underneath. Okay, well, you have to, as the GM, if you only come up with you know, the basic skin of what right. the problem is, you kind of have to think on your feet when the players start coming right. up with their when their solutions to it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I would like to talk about is the process you go through to determine whether or not the solutions the players are coming up with, because very often they come up with more than one, yeah. which of them are going to work, which ones are going to have a good chance of success, and which right. ones are going to have a poor chance of success. Mm-hmm. So I think that the first thing is as the GM, like you have to know your world, yeah. right? This is where all your prep should be like, what, what is my world? What are my motivations? What are, what are the physics? How does magic work? Is there ma- all those kinds of things, right? So when someone says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig, we're gonna dig underneath it, right. right? Well, you know that where you are, right? And you can give this to his knowledge, you can say, oh, well, okay, you, you can't, the challenge that is gonna be is that this, this area where this is built is all on granite. Mm-hmm. Right, you're on the you're on the granite hills of Grasgrabom, mm-hmm. right? And people are like, oh yeah, right, that's bad. Like, oh right, we kind of forgot, right? So knowing where you are, if they, I want to try to throw this kind of spell. I mean, is magic easy? Is it hard? Basically, knowing your knowing your world, so it, it speaks to that plausibility thing. Like, okay, can that actually work? Right. That reminds me of uh, Ocean's Thirteen. Is the Ocean's Thirteen? I don't know. I watched the first one and then I gave okay, up. On the, the second one's finish. terrible. The second <laughs> right. one's terrible, but yeah. the third one is fantastic. Okay, because the second one killed it for me. Is, is this the, <laughs> the second both, one was where Julia Roberts plays a Julia Roberts trying to be Julia Roberts? Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. The third one is awesome. Okay. It's right. awesome. Um, but they they have their escape plan at the end is they have to fake an earthquake. Okay. How are we gonna? Or they have to fake. They have to. They have to. There's a bunch of people gambling. And everything's been rigged so everyone's going to win, right? Because okay. they're trying to break the, the bank. Okay. So they need to come up with a way to get right. everyone to leave. Spoilers. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> if you haven't seen Ocean 13 by, by now. It's like 10 years old. Yeah. Um, so they have to come up with a way to get everyone to leave, even though they're all having winning streaks. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they decide, they have a, a couple solutions that they're going to try, and then they realize we can't do this one, we can't do that one. So they're like, let's, let's, let's simulate an earthquake. Mm-hmm. So they get the engineering plans for the building, <clears throat> and this gets to feasibility. Okay. They have there's a machine that they use to dig the tunnel. Mm-hmm. There, I guess there's a couple of them. They're these okay. big, huge. I mean, they're enormous right. machines that you have to like bring out uh, in parts on low bed trucks and assemble it in the street. Right. And and that they, they want to get one of these things because you can buy them cheap because they're not building the tunnel anymore because it's sure, done. right. And they're going to grind underneath the building <laughs> against, basically against the pylons 
okay. that are supporting the building to cause right. the thing to shake and scare the this crap the, out of everybody. This is the really good movie that you want me to see. No, it's hysterical. <laughs> okay, all right. But and they, but to, but so they're like, okay, yeah, we could totally do that. That's great. How much does that thing cost? Well, that's about fourteen million dollars. Oh shit. <laughs> we don't have that. Well. Hmm. And it, it, what mm-hmm. it introduces is a plot twist because they have to go and get the guy they robbed in the first movie to finance the to finance it. Okay, but now he wants a portion. He he right. has he has demands on the sure. situation, sure. so he can help finance the thing. But but the the point is they came up with a plausible solution mm-hmm. that required a plot complication, right? In order for it to happen, which actually right. makes the plot more interesting sure. because now there's another person involved. Who's getting his cut, and he's got demands as well. It's not like I want my one thirteenth of the right. It's of like the, no, no, I want this and this and this, and then I'll right, do it. Right, right, and I want this guy's this and, and right, and and that and that a it was a it was a feasible solution, right. but it caught. But the, the there's there was more prep involved than just coming up with the solution, right. executing, right. right, which is some of the stuff I really like. I would run Shadowrun if it wasn't Shadowrun because okay. of the planning, preparation, right. execution stages right. of the of the thing. So that kind of stuff I'm always looking for is when the players come up with right. something, a plan that's going to require several steps right. to make it happen. Well, that and that was very similar to the the one time Kimmy and I co GM'd <laughs> uh, actually a Savage Worlds game. Yes, um, at uh, my God, that was a long uh, time. When the Gen Cons forever ago, right? Yeah. But they had to. Oh, that's the World War Two. That was the World War Two. Yeah, it was with my with my setting where it's all World War Two, but all the stuff that Hitler was looking into and all the arcane and macabre occult and stuff, occult right. stuff like, it's all true, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're part of the uh, of the of the Allies mm-hmm. team that goes after to stop that stuff. And so um, in World War Two, they took a lot of uh, artifacts from the London Museum. Um, and and uh, various places, and actually hid them in the underground, mm-hmm. right um, down the tube. And so they had a store of that stuff, and um, I think it was a coin. These coins that were given to a Roman legion. I, can't, I don't know. My research found it. I don't remember anymore. Right. It was years ago. Um, but anyway, they had to get down there and get it. And our party of six people, nat- they naturally split up and came up with two different ways. To go after getting in mm-hmm. to this underground area that was heavily guarded, right? And they were completely different ways. They were both plausible and feasible, and required different stuff. Now, I re- yeah. if, I, if if I remember correctly, the party was divided on gender too. Yeah, interestingly uh-huh. enough, there was three guys and three girls that were playing the game, that was and that's how they naturally split. And just because of the way it worked, Kimmy took the guys, mm-hmm. I took the ladies. Right, and the ladies basically, there was a, I think he was like one of the, the one of the head curators in the museum. They kind of took him out and buttered him up, and you know, and then said, "Oh well, we'd love to see this private, this your your private collection or whatever." And so they socially engineered their way down there, mm-hmm. and the guys were all like, they blew uh, stuff, they, they, yeah, stuff up. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna go in through like, the sewer system, like blah blah blah, this whole and thing. Blow a wall, yeah, and, and, yeah blow <laughs> our hole through. All right. But both ways to get in, both with their different. Complications, right? Because, for example, the ladies—if it was one of them, maybe that would make sense. Like, I'll take them a date, but it's like, oh no, all three of us have to be there. So they have to think of like, well, what's the thing that's not going to seem weird that it's three of us out with the one guy, right? Right. So they had to 
I think they had one of them like, oh, accidentally ran into yeah. them there. And so the other one was like, oh, I brought my friend. And so the guy's like, oh, oh is this a chaperone? Okay, maybe this isn't what I thought it would. Right? So they, they manipulated it all well. And the but guys. Probably not uncommon for the time. But probably not uncommon for the time, right? Um, so that was really interesting because at, in a single game, we actually saw two different solutions. Yeah. Right. To. To a, a, a complication, to a, where they had to go, right, to, to get to, um, to a problem with their solution, and they were very different solutions, and they both worked because mm-hmm. they both they both actually just completely unplanned. As they were walking down with him to get past the guard, Kimmy and the guys started to say, "Like, okay, we're ready." <laughs> yeah, like great. <laughs> Wait, what, we, what happens? Yeah. Oh my god! And <laughs> yeah, and then and then mass chaos. And yeah, awesome, everything. Right? So <laughs> I, I and I and it was great because it all fit with. Who the characters were, it fit with the world, and it it showed that flexibility of there's not one right solution, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And there was no solution planned, and I think that's an important point that we bring up a lot, right? Is don't have it be like oh, oh well they have to do this to get in, right? That's the weakness of so many modules or uh, you know any of the like the Pathfinder Society stuff <coughs> or any of that, right? Is where you go in and it's like these are the skill roles you can the skill make roles you have to make. It's like well, I have a different solution to that. Yeah, you know, it has to be a, a charm role. I like, wonder if you were to talk to the people who design the Pathfinder Society stuff, if you were to say, but someone came up with an idea that you didn't mention. I'll bet you anything that the people who design it would go, well, then do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because it, at least from the, a couple of the GMs I've talked to that run it, like, it doesn't say that in there anywhere. Right. And because it's basically competitive RPGing. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. you know, or at least it's... It's it, more like a living campaign, right? It, I mean, It, it you, is, you but I say competitive because you have to get through it in a certain amount of time. If you don't, you don't get certain things, right? And they want to be exactly the same. When I run, it's like the McDonald's of role-playing. When I run this and you yeah. run that, it should be the same. Yeah. No matter who you play it with or where you play it, right? So if it says it takes a charm... That? So, that's the way, it, it, the very least, it is being interpreted by that's the, the several GMs I've made. talked to, right? So, that's, so, they, yeah. so that means that they at least have not explicitly made it clear anywhere. Right. That, hey, come up with your own solutions, and those are perfectly fine as well, right? Because it's, and it's interesting if people have read um, Table Titans, which is <coughs> a, a, a comic that Scott Kurtz does, he's right, on the yeah. show. That's the premise of Table Titans, is they have this kind of organized play. Compet- right, yeah. It's com- and it's actually competitive. There's like a cup you win at the end, right, right? Yeah. for your points. And they get this GM who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to set this aside and we're going to do this other thing. And it's all about role-playing and right. this whole thing. And by the end, they're like, yeah, we didn't, we came in, we came in last, mm-hmm. but oh my God, that we was had incredible. We the best time. The best <laughs> time, yeah. right? And that becomes this interesting, mm-hmm. you know, view of role-playing versus role-playing. Role right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, part of, at least for what we always talk about, that ties into this and, like, encourage and reward players for coming up with, like, really interesting solutions. Right. And if it's, it, even if it's, like, when the one you were using for Motions 13, mm-hmm. let's say they say, like, oh, we're going to get this thing. Well, we're going to, the way we're going to get to the top of the tower is, like, we're going to have to catapult up there. Right. Right. But this way, you're like, okay, huh, all right, well, uh, you could, but, you know, you'd need this and this to make it happen. Right. And if they were, like, all... Well, that's what we want to do. Or depending yeah. on what kind of game system I'm playing. Yeah. Sure. I'm playing Savage Worlds. You want to catapult up there? Sure. Playing GURPS? <laughs> we're right. going to need, you need an acrobatics sure. roll. Right. And a bad acrobatics roll is going to mean an enormous amount of damage. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need a catapult. Uh, right. Yes. Right. You know, so 
how are you going to get that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we could. Oh, what about this guy we talked to? You know, mm-hmm. and, and giving them, you know, it's all. It almost can turn into that. The well, the the mouse w- the, wants the cheese, but the yeah. but the, the cheese you got you know you got the whole chain, the whole right? Thing, right? Yeah. Um, which then becomes this whole interesting direction. Go based off of if that's what they want to do. Now, now what about when when the, when they come up with the, whatever their plan is and they start implementing it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How how do you approach how that solution? interacts with the bad guys they're going up against. That is to say, <clears throat> um, like an oper- operational security, mm-hmm. is there a chance the bad guys are going to find out what is going on and be able to thwart it before the, the plan gets too far? Uh, do they have? Do the bad guys have a chance to notice? Stuff like that. What are your considerations about when you're, when you're, when, when they've got their plan and they're doing it, what are your considerations about what the Bad guys are doing at that time. I think, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it all has to do with what the players do. Mm-hmm. Like, do they end up talking about this plan in a tavern that's super busy with a lot of people around that they don't know? In a fantasy game, they always sit right. in a back corner table <laughs> yeah. with the backs to the walls so they mm-hmm. can see the door. Right. And yes. So in, in that case, if they're thinking about all that, okay, they're probably not overheard. Right. But, you know, if they aren't, or, you know, if they're doing in a modern game, if they're sending emails or if they're texting back and forth and you know you never know like that stuff is all up in the air someone could grab that especially if they're you know being suspected already if somebody's noticed they're in town already Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of it is um it's important not to you have to be aware of them slipping up but not necessarily force them slipping up you don't, mm-hmm. you don't want the bad guys to magically or illogically be aware of what they're doing so they can thwart it. Right. Like, that's not fair. That's, right. you know, that's super metagamey on the part of the GM. Um, but just kind of, like, using that logic, <coughs> but still, you know, trying to stay one step ahead of them. And if they do something dumb, like, sure, there's a and, consequence for and it. And they're also, I mean, there's going to be, like, if they're building a catapult in the middle of the woods <laughs> within right. range of the tower... There's a chance someone might just through dumb luck stumble sure. upon it when he's out in the woods relieving Absolutely. himself right. or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think it seems like part of it is the more common the solution, mm-hmm. the more likely they've either prepared for that to happen or would notice yeah. it happening. Yes. Right. right? So it's like there's guards at the bottom of the thing like, well, we're going to walk up to the front door with our weapons up. Okay, they're totally ready for that because that's the thing they're designed <laughs> exactly. to yes. stop, right? <laughs> so your chances of success are low mm-hmm. unless you're badass fighters. And right? your chances you know, of surprise are zero. Are zero, right. So, you know, I think part of that, and it's, and it's interesting because it, it definitely is fair, right? Especially if you're the GM and you're like, they're coming up with this plan like, oh, we're going to do this and that, and you're thinking, wow, that is like super obvious. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you, so how do you tip that to the players? Mm-hmm. So what they don't run into is okay, we spent half the game session coming with this great plan, and we showed up, and oh crap, total fail. Yeah. Because you're like, because totally obvious, like of course they're going to stop that, right? Right. So is is there ways you can do that? Maybe it's obvious, like oh hey, make a tactics roll. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I made my roll. Yeah. Do you feel like that's something they would be ready for? <laughs> Basically, right. you know, right? right? Or, or do you do something where, I mean, again, depending on the scenario and what's happening, they might say, we're going to do this thing. And this is kind of common in films. 
and then someone else does that thing <coughs> before they have the chance to do it, mm-hmm. and they just get their butts kicked, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, oh, damn, that'd have been bad. I'm right. glad we didn't do that." <laughs> but but you show, but then you're you use that opportunity to show maybe a weakness or a strength that mm-hmm. the enemy has, right? You're so much nicer than me. I'm like, oh, okay, because well, I'm like, that's me, like being the total teacher. I'm like. Natural consequences. You sure. do the thing and you get hurt. <laughs> right. Well, well, but see, the thing is, like, but it, but it, I think it also depends on how much you've pre-tipped yeah. as well. So, like, in the very last session of Star Wars Traveler, mm-hmm. I just took Rob's ship mm-hmm. because I tipped tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? At least one other player at the table knew that <laughs> your masseuse was a downed rebel pilot. <laughs> So when they left her alone so on the ship... She didn't even need gun blaster lessons. No. No. So when they left her on the ship, drunk, admittedly, and right. passed out, but when she woke up and was alone, was like, I guess I'm leaving now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? So, you know, again, it's not like it's it, that's harshly anybody's fault. It's like, look, I've given a bunch of clues, right? right? The party, over the course of the 13 sessions, has had different views on what they do with people that are on the ship. Right. Anything from letting them wander around freely to chaining them to a freaking bed. Right. Right. Um, so well, that see, was, but this that was, was the, the decision that happened. And, and, the, and, on my, and on my end, right, the behind the screen thing, I said, I'm going to check every 10 minutes we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. When I, if I roll a tw- an 11 or a 12, mm-hmm. she wakes up. Oh, okay. Uh, right? So I was like, because she, she kind of got drunk under the table a bit, right? So I go, and so it may never happen, but I, I happened to roll a 12. And I was like, hey, it's my roll I got. Like, oh, like, what was that for? <laughs> That's what it was for, right? <laughs> but it just so happened. And if, and if I would have rolled it while they were on, somebody was on the ship, it would have had a different thing. But there was enough of a sense of, like, we're just going to leave this person there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And and well, I would We're not going to lock her in a room. Oh, it's we're not going to Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's probably the first you actually heard of that because you've been trying to stay in the dark about it. But it's just like, but that, but see, that's a that's an it's a that's a consequence, right? Sure. So right. I have, I I have no I have less of a problem with this thing is going to happen mm-hmm. to your point, right? But for me, it's like if I've kind of made it, I believe I've made it somewhat clear, like this could end poorly for you. Mm-hmm. And there's times where you will even tell people that, right? Right. But it also, and this is an in-character thing, mm-hmm. there are players at that table who'd, who'd be like, I don't really give a crap if he loses his ship. I can find my way off this planet. Sure. Right? There's several right. of us who probably would think that way. Right. And that's that same kind of trouble. <laughs> well, except, except that yeah. this guy's all your boss at this point. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> that's kind of a ding to the company your ball now signed into. <laughs> oh, we don't have our starship anymore. Con- contracts were made to be canceled. Right. Yeah. Well, oh. and that's that problem we're running into with our Magnificent Bastards game. It's kind of at the point where we're all like, see ya. <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, there's, there's not really a single thing right now that's, you know, and this is maybe interesting. And I, as a GM, I like this feedback. Ryan, we're getting a little off topic here now, but but I, I like the I like the feedback when people say like, "Oh, hey, this is a thing where I'm starting to feel disengaged. Like my character's feeling a little disengaged, or I'm not sure." Right. right? And party, got, party unity is it? Yeah, yeah. Risk yeah. here, right? Yeah, or or whatever. It's like, "Oh, mm, I'm not really feeling like you know. I feel like we're kind of wandering." Mm-hmm. 
because that happens in campaigns sometimes sure. too, yeah. right? When you're especially when you're being a, more of a reactive GM. Mm-hmm. Right? We would like to have a plot hook, please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great to know they're like, okay, great. You guys, you guys want a next thing? Okay, let me throw it out there. Right. Right. So, and you know, I think when it's when it's looking at players' solutions, you know, it's interesting because because some of those things can feed into it too. It's like, does this solution promote party unity? Or not, and how important is that, right? Or is this going to be, oh, here's a solution. Another thing you look at is, and I will adjust the possibility of it succeeding or not in behind the screen, in, you know, or whatever in my head, mm-hmm. if it gives a moment to somebody, especially if they don't normally have a moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? If it becomes a great storytelling thing, you know, I'll be like, oh, I might dial back my plausibility and feasibility meters a sure. little bit because, oh, my God, you know, Chris's character is going to be, you know, finally going to get their moment to shine or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, 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 you know, whatever it is. So that's, I think that plays into it too, you know. Okay. Yeah, and definitely. Um, I, I mean, it's, you have to be careful. You want to assess kind of from a third person perspective. You don't want to try and beat them. You don't want to try and be too easy on them. Right. Try and be cold. And emotionless and feeling not not feelingless that would suck but but you want to yes. be logical in your sure. in your in your overall right. assessment of it. But you, you also have the showmanship yes. thing you have to balance mm-hmm. it with. Where then having them is have this going to be? Are they having fun? Is this going to be an int- which is going to make it a more interesting story? Right. right. What, because what, yeah. unending failure after failure after failure that after sucks. failure after failure. Right. Is terrible. Entertaining to no one at the table. Right. Mm-hmm. It, hopefully the GM too. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you need and you need those um, you need those moments of like here's here's things it was up it was a little down here's a big success mm-hmm. here's a big setback like right. you, you want those natural peaks and valleys yes. in the story right which is mm-hmm. beats is that what they, what he calls them and what Robin Law calls them yeah. in uh, Hamlet's hit points yeah beats yeah, yeah. yeah which for anybody who hasn't read Hamlet's hit points read that book if you're jamming it's great yeah. it's just a nice insight into storytelling mm-hmm. um, and a great way to how to apply it to uh, <clears throat> to your gaming but. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing too, right? Because you don't have victories if you don't have setbacks, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you want to have, you know, you want to have a big setback, or you want right. to give people different interesting ideas, right? Like it will be it will be of no surprise to anybody, but if we ever are able to pick up Star Wars Traveler again, yeah. um, session fourteen obviously starts with the fact that you guys have come back. You'll you'll be you'll be waking your they'll be waking your butt up. <laughs> right? I'm gonna, probably in the back to probably, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it starts with like, oh, we're we're back in um, uh, in Mo's Espa, and um, holy crap, we don't have a ship. Here's this big gigantic problem. We could try to go after them. We've got to get you know, like you got to get off the planet, right? Oh my god, how are we going to do that? Oh, you happen to know somebody who has a ship who's in Mo's Espa. And some of us have made friends with him. That's right. <laughs> so, so welcome the to your new chauffeur, Christoffel. Right. That's the so. <laughs> and Dave, and Dave's character is going Dave's to hate that so much. In mind, right? But that's but but now it becomes this to me part of the story arc is here's somebody that's been a, a thorn in the party side the whole time. Right. Now it's kind of taking a story turn where it's like, well, maybe we could get this guy involved with us. All it took is a little bit of uh, uh, character turnover. Sure. And the right. new, the new character is right. like. What are you guys right? And the fact that that you know <laughs> that his explanation is feasible and plausible, and that's where he sits in the world, right? And everybody's like, "Oh, well, I don't know. This guy doesn't seem so bad to us." Yeah, my character's a mercenary. It's like I would work for whoever is paying me, and sure, I don't really sense. care who right. it is. But but right. there is still a character, at least one character in the party that despises. 
rises this oh, guy. Oh, yes. So now it becomes, <laughs> and he happens to be a Sith Lord. Yeah, right. So that's not a person I'm mad at you. Ah, uh, yeah. So that becomes, to me, that becomes interesting storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the, the failure that happens, right, where the ship gets stolen, now, like, hey, the, the big success that's, that obviously now is a driving force is we got to get the ship back. I get the center point back. Right. But now there's all these other interesting things that are going to happen based off of the failure that leads to the success, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing, too, is when you have... Those failures, like in your notes, you had like, does a Mister Fumbled Roll give the bad guys some kind of warning? Right. Can they neutralize the situation? Right. But in that failure that occurs, if they try and it's too obvious, or they make bad rolls, or it is, it becomes incumbent upon the GM to then try to lay out some path or acknowledge a path that will lead them to a success. Sure, absolutely. So it's like, oh, that didn't work. You barely got away. Maybe one of you got captured. Whatever it is, yeah. now. But now, how are you going to get that guy out off the top of the tower? Right. Right, or out of the top room of the tower. And, and here's what you learned. Here's what your failure taught you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the failure shouldn't, hopefully the failure is not then the end of the story unless it's a TPK. Right. 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 <laughs> All right. Excellent. Block uh, advice follow-up from Levy or Levi. Who would like to read this? Or I'll, no, I'll read it. Okay. Uh, I wrote in a couple weeks ago after having a mysterious game come to an abrupt end because the characters called the cops. I asked what to do, and I got advice about how to prevent the thing in the future. It was similar to the advice I was given by the group afterwards. Clue by four, don't make the cops available. Someone from the forum even posed the question, what's the point of letting them fail? This advice is good, although I think I side with the angry GM that I'm not letting them fail, any more than I am letting them succeed. So he totally stopped following me on Twitter. I don't know what I did angry to make GM? angry GM up. Yeah, but every time I see a pair of cat meggings, I'm going to be sad because my friend isn't my friend anymore. He, he stopped following me on Twitter? On Twitter? Like he blocked you? No, I don't think he blocked me. He just stopped following me. I'm not interesting enough for him anymore. Oh, maybe. I'm cry. I don't know. Maybe you're too interesting. <clears throat> He's intimidated now. Well, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as I got the thing figured we'll out, figure with, out with the Skype thing yeah. or however we're going to do it, yeah. So if you follow Angry GM, be like, Kimmy's heartbroken that you no longer want to associate with her on Twitter. And as soon said. as it, it, we had a lot of changes to the technology of the show. Yeah. Right. But as soon as I can, he's one <laughs> of the first back. people I want to, to, to bring <laughs> Where on. Where does he remotely. live? Chicago. Chicago. Oof. Yeah. It's going to be cold back there. Well, That's why he's angry. That's why he's angry. Well, he's, I think well, he originally from there after. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> right. It just exacerbated the problem. Right. He was too angry for New York. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, uh, this advice is good, although I think I uh, said with the angry GM, when I say I'm not letting them fail any more than I am letting them succeed, and sometimes a mystery just doesn't get solved. I'm merely allowing their choices to result in success or failure, and either way, we should have a good story. Therein lies the crux. They didn't fail. They just never tried. The advice... I was hoping for was not how to force them to try next time, but how to fix the problem this time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So this is what I did. Okay. See, and, and this is partially my fault because this email, this wasn't marked urgent and I didn't notice it for a couple weeks. Oh. Because that happens. So I thought, well, you know, this is probably, this water's probably already gone under the bridge at this right. point. Right, right. Um, so this is what I did. Uh, I backed up the story a few minutes to the point just after they called in Sergeant Peacock. I had Sergeant Peacock use his minor magical abilities to see shadows of the supernatural energy to see what the group never looked at, traces of a supernatural 
of the supernatural all over the crime scene. He pointed out that it was different from anything he'd encountered before and told them he could he could buy them about an hour before it would become suspicious that he hadn't called in the crime scene. Mm-hmm. After that, they were off and running to create a much more satisfying end to the story and to my time as the GM for now. Mm-hmm. I also got to play two sessions as a player since the last let since the last letter and uh, let me tell you that it's been a relaxing experience as GMs are always are always on and and to be able to sit back sometimes while another player has the spotlight is very relaxing. <laughs> Levi in the real world. Semiazi on Twitter. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, so well, that's good. He, fa- he did find a solution, though. He did. Which is great. Wait, you forgot the obligat- obligatory... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, page. okay, go to the next page. <clears throat> P.S. I could tell you how to pronounce my name, Levi, or Levy, but I enjoy hearing <laughs> Stu go back and forth between correcting and incorrect. I see what you did there. P.P.S. If you want to hear how the session went, it will be available on the 12th on... Oddpod.com. F F O D pod.com. That stands for something, and I can't remember what it stands for. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Well, the pod part is probably a podcast. Yeah, I would guess that. Right. I don't know what FAFOD is. Well, FOD is foreign object debris. We I know that from my days working so maybe for it's an airplane. From foreign object debris. Frickin' FOD pod. It could be. That would be an interesting thing to talk about all day. FOD? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had big signs <laughs> all over the place. There were people who, whose job was to was to prevent FOD. Oh. To be FODless. They, I could tell you stories about the amount of stuff that got left in airplanes mm-hmm. that would curl your toes if you ever flew. It's just like in the... They would ex- every so often. What do you mean in the airplane? Like inside the body of the airplane? Yeah, between the outer skin and the and the inner in the paneling. Air, yeah, right in the walls. In the walls of the plane, like whole air wrenches. They would like weigh the plane. Why does this plane weigh eight hundred pounds more than it should? Hmm. X-ray it. Oh, there's, there's Bob's wrench. You were looking for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. All kinds of stuff would get left in there. There's a there's this Sting album that he did that was the concept album for a show that he actually had on Broadway for a while. I love that, album. which is amazing. What's it called? Uh, uh, it's the the ship. last the last ship La- sales last ship La- last <laughs> ship or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, final ship something like that. But it's um, there's a, there's an amazing song that. I want the box to do on stage, which is about the ship that gets built. Right, that the, and, the oh. whole, and then the whole story is about they're on they're on triple shifts to try to make it happen. They seal up the hull. They can't find two of the workers, yeah. but they have to send the ship out, and the ship becomes this cursed ship. And uh, eventually, when it gets when it gets, uh, it's called the last ship. The last ship is the name yeah. of the, the right. album. And eventually, when the ship comes in to be decommissioned, because I mean, it's a it's a disaster, it's a nightmare ship, and you know mm-hmm. they try to sail it for years, and all these different problems have. As they're tearing it apart, they find the bodies, they find the remains of the uh. two workers. It's this great like, and 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 he sings it in this amazing dark gravelly voice, and he's like, uh. it's like it's one of the and it's just like this, oh, what an <laughs> awesome tale. Yeah, that whole album, he's like channeling. 
his his dad or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in, what he said. How it's he's about, characterizing. His yeah, voice. it's about how he. It's mm-hmm. about where he grew up. Basically, it's an amazing album. It's yeah. so good. Um, but it's that kind of thing, right? You're like, you don't know what's in there. What got in there? People are hearing your zipper. Can you just move yeah, the cord? Hearing my zipper. Move the cord, or, or move the. I think they're what they're hearing is it rubbing against the. Yeah. The cord ribbing into the zipper. Here, this will look good on camera. How about that? Is that better? Is it's that is that better? Are they hearing it now? Is that better? How can they hear the zipper? Does it make they're sense? Hear, what they're hearing is the tapping of the of the. How about that? Perfect. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Can you pop me down for a second? So professional. Like butter. See, I'm trying to be thoughtful about it. Unlike when I tried to watch Sam, and she's like, "It's funny because it's true." Okay, how about that? Is that better? Sam's got noisy hair. Yeah, she does. (laughs) You know, it's a bright color. Is it? It (laughs) Almost as noisy as Dave's hair now. Oh my god! Is it better? Everybody, tell me if that's better. Yeah, I'm I'm not hearing the thumping anymore. Okay, good. All right, Savage World store game update and the idea of language prompts in gaming from of, of the, the hill, hill people. people. Who would like to read this? I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Bless you. Cleared my throat. Hello, Sergeant Stu and the Lonely Douchebag Band. Aww. Hi, this is of the hill people on the forums. And since you requested more emails to read on the show, Aww. I thought it was about time for an update on my last email where I asked for advice about running a regular walk-in gaming group at my friendly local game store. So far, Savage Saturday Nights has been flourishing with regulars and newcomers alike, storming my gaming table every first and third Saturday of the month. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's and awesome. I couldn't be happier. It's getting to the point that I now need an additional GM to share the load. <laughs> oh, wait, I got him. Wait, you where got is it? he? There he is. <laughs> Oh, wait, I got a long one. (laughs) How's that for a chopper? (laughs) Uh, As I've been running tables of five and six players, and people have finally started taking me serious when I ask for feedback at the end of the game. The store, Tribe Comics and Games, has been nothing but happy with the increased traffic and alternate systems for people to play when the D&D Adventurers League players take over the store. I'm happy to say that for the first time since I've started the event, a brand new player liked the game and system so much that he rushed to the RPG section of the store and bought a core book on the nice. way out. That is what, awesome. that's what every game store Everything. is hoping happens. Every time. Uh-huh. When they, when they that's right. take some of their valuable store yep. space <laughs> and you put tables in so people can play mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. that's what they're hoping is going to happen is people are going to have fun and buy something. That's right. Yeah. You would think that they would promote games like GURPS a lot then. Because it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think you have enough six-siders. You should go buy some. Yeah. Because you're going to need a lot. <laughs> Wild Talents. Wild Talents, All right. Yeah, right. Like, that's actually, that'd be interesting. Like, um, here's the systems we prefer you run. Because yes. they're very, uh, you know, intensive right. in terms of needs of things people will right. buy here. Oh, that's why it's all, I mean, that's why they have Warhammer Knights. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Like oh, yeah. Because, oh, I'm out of paint. I'm out of paintbrushes. I'm out of mm-hmm. terrain. I'm out that's of minis. Right. I, Oh my god, someone posted the most amazing thing on my timeline today. I don't know if I can... Oh, the, the, my the, Little the, Pony The My Little right. Pony Warhammer! It's yep. amazing! I saw that and thought of you immediately. I was like, that's yes! going, I was like, here's something. We finally have Kimmy playing a miniatures game. <laughs> yeah. That's that's going to sell for thousands. Oh my god. Yep. So cool. So cool. <laughs> Depending how well it's painted. I, I didn't actually go in and look at nah. it. They're good. I zoomed well, in. They're, yeah. well done. they're well done. Nice. Now <laughs> to my question. In my experience, so far running for practically brand new players, every time I come to the store, mm-hmm. I've noticed that certain language prompts 
tend to bridge the gap from that awkward, I don't know anyone here, phrase to immersion. Mm -hmm. And I've used my players as kind of a test group to find out what works and what doesn't. One useful tool I've used after introductions and brief rules explanation is to either lower my voice or start speaking bombastically like a performer and say the simple line, our story begins, and describe where the characters are, why they're there, and who uh, there is important. That is a very good point. Mm-hmm. It's often very difficult to rein people in when they're having their kibitzing session before mm-hmm. a game, mm-hmm. and something like that would help a lot. I've never thought of that. It's a great idea. I think it's one of the reasons that um, in Spirit of 77, Dave Kazay uses music right. a lot. Because like you know, blah, 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 you're like, whoa, whoa, a thing's happening. Right. Scene change, <laughs> combat, like yeah. whatever it is, right? Prompts you. Side conversation stop, eyes pop forward, and everyone is immediately in the zone. I've started jotting down phrases that I've found to be effective at the table, like a checklist of phrases every GM should say during a game. Phrases like, suddenly, before you can react... Something is happening, and you can't roll against. But that's when you notice the clue by four when players didn't notice something that's key. (laughs) (laughs) And as a final act before perishing, the final act of a fallen foe that moves the story forward. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have a question. Uh, In your career as GMs and players, what action phrases have sucked you into games the most? What things do you say when attention is waning and you need to pull everyone back into the story? How would you change your gaming language so you aren't just dictating the rules to the players? Stork said to stop typing and hit the send button, so I... Okay. So. <laughs> I think more than, like, phrases, I think the way I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Like, like my tone of voice is... Th- so generally I'm talking like this, and when I want people to start paying attention, I get quieter. So it, it's hard sometimes at a, at That's a game That's a teacher con. thing, huh? It's totally a teacher thing. And a mom thing. <clears throat> So my, I always knew my mom was super pissed when she got quiet because my mom's not a quiet woman. I love mm-hmm. her to death, but she's not quiet. So when she started talking like this, I knew I was <laughs> It was all bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's like when I'm talking and I'm running a game and I'm kind of like doing my a little bit louder than normal talky voice. And then it gets serious when I start talking like this. And suddenly they're all like, oh, she's talking quietly. I better pay attention. <laughs> and that's totally the teacher thing because everyone then to listen to hear you, mm-hmm. they all have to drop their volume. Right. Mind tricks. Teacher mind Teacher tricks. Teacher mind tricks. Yes. <laughs> uh, roll for initiative is a great one. Yeah. Because I mean, it's all the game mechanic, but when you're like, yeah. okay, so roll for initiative, everybody's like, oh, uh oh, what just happened? Right. Um, I find sound effects work well. Yeah. I don't use the music as much, but I like to use sound effects. Or if there's things on the table, mm-hmm. like the, um, you weren't there for it, but everybody was, there was <coughs> all this stuff going on. I had rolled. I knew that uh, Rob's chip was getting jacked, mm. right? So we're all there, and we had stuff out on the table, and I had some, some box or something that was out that was representing the ship, mm-hmm. right? So I'll use Chewy, like, it was like, here was the ship, and all the figures were out, the whole thing. And they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah and they're all talking. We're going to do this one, and I, I just went, <laughs> and they're all, what the hell? And like, suddenly, and I'm making a big launching sound, and I'm moving it off the table, and right. they're like, I, Rob's like, it, is, wait, is the, is the chip leaving? <laughs> <laughs> like and suddenly, like oh, and like that was, oh. a, that was a great impression of it, by the way. Yeah. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. It, uh, <laughs> oh, I wish I'd seen that. So it was it, like I I like to move things or have sound effects that I can play, um, or or if it's a or if it's a character, mm-hmm. right? Because I like I think sometimes I'll dip into a character that when I'm running. 
if it's one that has a recognizable voice, I, mm-hmm. I'll do that voice. Mm-hmm. If it's like, here's the next thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. If if it makes sense where that's going to be. So if it's you get a calm alert or whatever, right? You know, or they're waiting for someone or something like that happens. You know, that someone walks it behind you. As opposed <laughs> to saying that, it's just the whole yeah. like, you know, eat that what you want that what about. Oh, the great, you know, you're like, oh, wait, shit, where did, all of a sudden, what happened? Yeah. Wait, but the tension is drawn back. I did that in a Vast Dominions game, uh, when they, 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 when they were, they were fighting the, um, oh, I don't remember which moon it was, it was on, it was one of the moons of Saturn, the, oh, the Titan, the, the Titan space turkeys, because mm-hmm. they, they were like, like sneaking down these hallways looking for stuff, and then, like, what direction is what? that coming from? Down that hallway. <laughs> right. And they go... And of course they're like eight feet tall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think another one that I've seen used, and to go back to kind of when you're starting a game too, mm-hmm. um, and Mook did this in, uh, uh, in a, a game that we played that was based off of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Uh, where as we were, everybody was sitting around. He would look at it, he's like, "Oh, so." And he, he he basically had us all build connections with the person sitting next to us, but it was our characters. So it's like, "Oh, so what's the reason that you're angry at Kimmy's character?" Mm-hmm. And he would just ask this completely open-ended question, right? Yeah, that had nothing to do with on your sheet. And you're like, mm-hmm. "Uh, because we went to school together, yeah. and um, even though she was cheating on the test." She made it look like I was, so I got expelled, and she passed yeah. magna cum laude. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Boom. And then, you know what that That's your connection. Yeah. Right. right. So he built this instant connection between the players and people at the table. Mm-hmm. I think one to your right, one to your left. It's in a mechanic in Apocalypse World. Yeah. They brought yeah, those yeah, little masks and all their kind of like... Right. And they have preset cars that you can kind of choose from. Some of them... I. I sort of have been torn on that. Um, mm-hmm. I recently started a, a game where we, uh, where the DM used that for our D and D game that I'm playing right now with non Happy Jacks people, mm-hmm. um, and I felt it felt a little weird. I I like sometimes we more free form like or like okay come up with a connection between the two of you right. And I like I don't know but just because I like being creative, but I do like how I think there are connections that I wouldn't necessarily have been comfortable with as a player necessarily that I ended up with that made the game richer right because of those like. Like, there was, like, a love interest one, and I, I tend to avoid that in games because mm-hmm. it's such, like, a cliche. Right. Um, but it was like, okay, so now I have a love interest in this game. That's interesting. Right. And stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, I, I think either yeah. way, like, play off your game, but I think it's a really a strong way yeah. to build that in. I like, like, Traveler gives you a framework for it. It's yeah. still kind of open, but I like that concept. Yes. In any role-playing game. Like, oh, yeah. So, what, why, why are we all together? And, but there, what is the other connection? Mm-hmm. That you have, right? It's like Jess. Oh, we all work together. We all work at the same place. But yeah. it's like, oh, you know, right? And I and I thought it was neat that that Mook kind of was asking questions to prompt that. Absolutely. You know, was setting that up. Yeah. S. B. Lloyd says I should do stuff like that in Moat when you guys are spending three hours debating. I think he's talking about the sound effects. Yeah, just having shit happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> shit! Lock down the building. I can't wait till it's one of you so fights a guru. Many plans for that game, and if we would just get together and play the game. Which one? The Mode of Sin game. Uh, the vampire, vampire, game. Uh, vampire game. We need to start scheduling like every now. other every other Sunday for the Traveler game. Yeah. Right. So because that's the hard part, right? Is it's like the Traveler game was going to be the fill-in game, which is great, but mm-hmm. we we all find out so late. It's like, mm-hmm. oh hey, can we do it? And then it was like, oh, I can't. We have plenty. 
And you know what? That's really like that is very much our social circle down here in Southern California. Oh yeah, we're in California. Like I could do that. And people would go, that's great. It's like whatever. Like <laughs> I don't know why, but everyone's like, right. okay, cool. Yeah, let's like yeah. four hours. We'll hang out. Let's do it. Right down here, it's like, hey, we have a party. When do you want to have it? July. Ooh, we already booked for July. I mean, yeah. it's crazy how far in advance <laughs> oh, yeah. we plan stuff here. Yeah, uh, but um, another thing too, the chat room is really enjoying this conversation. By the way. Um, is uh, wait, is that for reals or was that no for reals? Okay, Tomes is like, like, I'm loving, really enjoying this conversation. No, 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 no. Tomes <laughs> is like, I'm really loving this conversation. There's a lot to go or a lot to get here. Keep on rock, keep ro- on rocking on. Um, but I think another thing too is to start having things with time limits mm. and things to kind of just have the the kind of clock ticking. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's always an exciting oh, yeah, right. yeah. Whenever, whenever you, whenever you, you set a time constraint, and as the GM, you start saying. 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. 14 minutes. And they're like, okay, we got to figure it. And then yeah. suddenly, <laughs> right. at some point, they realize, oh, right. shit, we got to figure Well, especially it. if you can do it with, if there's the ability to do it with an actual, like, it's actually four minutes. Yeah. Right. Like, with, like, the bomb. Like a timer. Yeah. Or an eight, right. an eight or timer, like a, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. we, like, I did that in the, uh, when there was the, An hourglass. Right. So like, yeah. the, the bomb was going to go off. They got set. Right. In the uh, yeah. middle of the, the prison, mm-hmm. right? Or in the prison, it was like all, okay, it's this long. And it was like, what are you going to do? Oh, because uh, uh, you, you start thinking, like, I'm going to do this thing. Let's go, right? Right. Um, yeah, that kind of, that stuff is gold. Yeah. Because yeah. suddenly people, have, you have to think differently. <laughs> I walked right? by a game, and it wasn't a Jack, Happy Jack's game at the last Strategicon convention, and they were doing that. There was literally, like, a, an egg timer mm-hmm. on, the, on the table, and, like, they were... They were diffusing a bomb or something. I don't remember. And they were like, they had the time. I was like, oh. And then I sat there. And I was like, oh, they could really use my teacher timer that like turned it's you know green and then turns yellow in the last three minutes and then it turns red when it goes what? off. What? They're very cool. Wow. We have very cool things. Timers is something we teachers specialize in. Yeah, I'll bet. God. <laughs> is it just because like it can be so challenging and mind numbing? You're like, oh, we gotta have the coolest crap like in our room. Like, I need a timer that has like different color countdowns. I need like. Sticky stuff for the walls, and like I got to have amazing craft work stuff in here because I can't take you kids just like sitting there with your fingers in your nose one more minute. Right. There's that. It's well, like uh, uh, S.P. Lloyd just it, like uh, a chess clock, mm. an actual physical chess clock. Will, m- will moves along, and then you have a flag, and then it uh, starts like touching the flag. Yeah. And you only right. have a couple minutes once it touches that. And you're not exactly sure when it is it's going to fall, but at some point, whoop, and yeah. then you're out. Oh, yeah, nice. Nice. Right at the last, the at, like last the last second. two or three right. minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I'm thinking about, um, like, timers and ways to move people along, like, you used to do stuff like that mm-hmm. with, um, I'm trying to think of which the game was. Um, oh, when, when I was playing a bard, mm-hmm. and my abilities were all I had to actually, at the table... If I wanted, I could do anything I wanted. You had to write, but I something. actually had to mm-hmm. write a poem or a song or something, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and the we longer using, it was, we the more powerful some it was. Kind of improvisational magic. It was improvisational magic. Yeah. yeah, right. right. I remember and, that. And it was, and I that. if I used the same phrase or thing more than once, it would be a, a weaker a version. Or it was a penalty. Right. And the longer it was, the more powerful it was. And you basically just put me in a timer. So you go around and see, like, okay, Bill, what do you do? And I'm like, 
And, I'm like, and, and, and you'd be, and you'd give me like, like, okay, you have a thirty second window, and if right. I wasn't ready, then he's like, okay, next turn, because my spells took as long to cast as it took me to come up with right. what right. I thought was a thing, and sometimes I'd be kind of done, and I'm like, oh. No, I'm trying to do like a really big thing. Like this needs to be worded better, or like whatever it is, right? So, or there's I need to be internal yeah, lines. Yeah, I need, or I need another stanza, and I'm like, mm, okay, then you go, you know. But I, so that was actually a really interesting mechanic from the standpoint that that actual real world timing affected my the the mechanics and the power of my abilities, which was right. which was just a really neat extra way to throw something in. Absolutely. All right. Why dice roll when decision make you don't want to roll? From Charles in Ontario. <sighs> I kind of love that this is now in the lexicon. Yes. <laughs> jargon All exists. The Absolutely, it should be. Where is it? There it is. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? <laughs> and you have your amazing mug that like everybody wants one. I actually stole that idea from a listener who made one <laughs> yeah. on Zazzle himself. That's and I'm amazing. like, I want one too. Yeah. I'm gonna make one. <laughs> I want a T-shirt with that on it, but yeah. that would probably. Be you should probably have uh, underwear with that on it. That'd be great. <laughs> Why don't you just say you do, and we won't know? Boxers. That could be like a great contraceptive saying. Yeah, <laughs> a condom company should use that. Why problem make, make when you no problem, problem have? have you, you don't, don't want, want to make. make right, and then you're like, oh, I gotta buy those. <laughs> that yes. should be a brand of condoms, <laughs> or that's a motto, like you know. Do I buy Trojans or do I buy why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? I'm buying those. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. All right. Dar Harpy Jark Bargs. Oh God. I have a fairly abstract game design or game philosophy level idea for you to mull over. It might be more of a Rorschach test than anything else, but I'd be happy, uh, but hopefully it will be of interest. Recently, I concluded the first arc of a D&D campaign I was running in 4E. Yes. <laughs> yes. The edition that is basically a war game with cutscenes. Yes. <laughs> in the climactic final session, the PCs were confronted with the choice of which of two powerful bad guy factions to support or at least be kingmaker for. This decision was informed. They had some grasp of what the likely outcomes would be, meaningful, it would impact their lives as well as the lives of the NPCs they'd encountered, and difficult. There was no correct choice. It was a matter, more a matter of preference or style than calculated expected benefits. When they realized what was happening, one of my players turned to another and said in a plaintive little voice, I don't know, both choices seem bad. And right then, my brain rewarded me with a massive hit of dopamine. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever felt like I've won at being a GM like I did in that moment. As I watched my players discuss and weigh their options, I realized that this is what I want out of GMing. The experience of watching my players make informed, meaningful, difficult decisions. That is awesome. I love it. Yep. Nice. Uh, let, let me just say that in, in L5R, that is what I was always trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not as easy to do as you think it is, But I was because I, you have the seven tenets of Bushido, right? Mm-hmm. I was always trying to figure out a way to put at least two of them in conflict with each other. Right. Where you're going to have to sublimate one over the other in a yeah. situation. Yeah. That was like in the, the Star Wars Traveler game. 
when I got to the point where you finally found Darth Anon, mm-hmm. I wanted that decision to exact be exact same character. Mm-hmm. Yes, where like you have an informed decision that has consequence. Right. Mm-hmm. right? What are you going to do? And a lot of guns pointed at him. <laughs> and a lot of stuff going on. Uh, by the way, there uh, I found a uh, custom condom company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so if we want to have Happy Jacks branded, why problem make when you know problem have? You don't want to make condoms. We can do that. That's amazing. What's like and the, the, the liability as low with as, that. Like if we like pass those out at the Strategic Con convention, I I believe. Okay, soon. so wait, wait. So first of all, if we pass them out at the Strategic Con connection, they're Who's just going to be sitting that? in wallets, right? So there's probably all there. I'm saying there's a very slim liability concern, even. Hey, now it's my wedding anniversary. At least one person's going to be getting laid that weekend. Sure. <laughs> Hopefully two. Hopefully. Uh, (laughs) Actually, two. Two, yes. (laughs) I meant meant of us. I'm sorry, I killed Stu. We really need to start keeping an inhaler, like on these little tables. Oh, oh my God. But it would be, um, I I believe the liability would be with the manufacturer of the condom, not the distributor. Sure. That could be like one of our stretch goals they're saying in the chat room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why problem make when you know problem to have you don't want to make condoms? condoms I think people would buy them. Hey, you know, as we, you know, we, and also we do talk every year about like what's the new Boggard merch. So keep that condom site because that's great. <laughs> oh, here's what we'll do. Oh, it, it'll, it'll have the, the Happy Boggard Jacks cool. logo. Right. Why problem make when you know problem to have you don't want to make? And then over in the corner we put extra extra large. Right. <laughs> Perfect really? seller. Sure. Extra extra large. No, really, really. No, really, really. <laughs> this is eight inches. <laughs> Elephantine large. <laughs> ogre right. large. Ogre. What size are you, ogre? ogre. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, back to this email. I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. This has some interesting implications. Oh, yeah, I know where we are. I just completely forgot everything before. Uh, this has some interesting implications. Oh yeah, he he loves the problem. Yes. Conflicted right. choices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. L5R, all the great conundrums. Okay. First and foremost, it means that as a GM, I'm actually not that interested in game systems that uh, model probabilities of success and failure. I don't want my players to roll dice. I want them to make decisions. Randomness may be useful for describing the outcomes of decisions, e.g. if you choose X, you have a 50-50 shot of something great or something bad happening, but if you choose Y, you can be sure of mediocre success. And it may be useful as an inspiration for storytelling. Critical successes and failures can be fun and memorable. But I'm starting to think that uh, think of it as a secondary tool to support the creation of decision points. Don't get me wrong. I like tactical problem solving. I like showing off what a good, what a good min-maxer I am. <laughs> but if I wanted to play a war game, why am I playing an RPG? I don't know. You're the 4E yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Your, your, your mic has gotten. Uh, oh my god! But mic with the microphone <laughs> problems. Here, I'm gonna. Here, what about that? Second. Say something. I, oh Hello. What? <laughs> all right. All right. Is it okay? Right. Yeah, I think we're okay. All right, all right. Continuing on. Good. Second, I want to open up my players' decision-making process more. <clears throat> From what uh, uh, part of what facilitated that glorious moment in my D and D campaign was the fact that the characters had to discuss the choices the choice out loud. But individual players are making decisions all the time, often in silence. In fact, whenever I stop talking as a GM, the implicit subtext is, what do you want to do? And I am now realizing that if my players have uh, an immediate answer to that question, it is likely a lost opportunity. Hmm. 
What they are telling me between the lines is, it's obvious to me what I should do here. There is no decision to be made. If they pause, that's promising, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Maybe they can't think of anything to do. Maybe they feel like they should uh, be making a choice, but they only see one option. Uh, I, I now want them to tell me what's going on so that I can potentially make their decisions more interesting. Maybe I can offer courses of action that they hadn't thought of. Or maybe I can restack the predicted outcomes so that the choice is more difficult. Hmm. For myself, I am in the very early stages of trying to homebrew some mechanics that will facilitate this particular flavor of game for play with my close friends who are all mature gamers that I trust implicitly. I'm considering such crazy options as meta choices, e.g., obviously your character wants to succeed at this task, but the logic of the narrative implies that if she does it, it's going to come back and bite her later on. On the other hand, if you choose uh, for her to fail, the current situation ends <coughs> badly. But you can expect her to receive karmatic payoff in a scene or two. <coughs> <laughs> That's a you tried brilliant that. How did that idea. Work? What? You tried that. How did that work? What? <laughs> this whole thing of like, if your character wants to succeed at a task, the logic of the narrative implies that if she does, it's going to come back and bite oh. her later on. On the other hand, if you choose for her to fail, mm-hmm. your current situation ends badly, you can expect to receive a karmic payoff in a scene or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the players want to fail. <laughs> right, like choosing to fail. Very choosing rarely. To fail is really I won't hard, say it right? doesn't happen, but it's very rare. Mm-hmm. People feel the 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 comments I got the last time I ran Moment of Truth at a convention when it still had that mechanic mm-hmm. was I didn't want to be that guy that stopped the party's progress. Right, right. By d- making what they considered to be a selfish decision to fail. Mm-hmm. Block the party's progress to get a Benny. Right. Interesting. It's yeah, it's hard at convention games. It's but even in even at, or, mm-hmm. even in our, our regular weekly game, mm-hmm. it it was a rarity. I mean, the mm-hmm. only per the Jib did it once. I think Gina has done it like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of the play testing I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's not common. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just keep forgetting. Like it's not that I'm well, so we don't, worried we don't, failing, that, that, failing. That mechanic is gone. Yeah. Now if you roll and you fail, you yeah. just get one. Yeah. Right. I, but I've also toned I them down. I still forget to be like, oh, I failed. I totally agree. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. I, 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 I <laughs> count like on that. You like that action. I fail in memory. All right. For myself, I am in the very early stages of trying to home... No, you already read oh, that. I already did that. I'm sorry. But even, leaving- but even leaving this level of hippie gaming aside, I wonder if this emphasis on decision-making over modeling, I would say simulation, but... Robin Laws has taught me not to, uh, could be useful to mainstream RP. Hmm. Keep up the good drink and ha- and have a work for me. Yes, w- work. Does that mean drinking? Okay. I don't know. Keep I'm up the drink. good work and have a drink for me, okay. but he got it wrong. Ah, oh, right. yes. Keep Probably up the good drink purpose. and have a work for me. That's hilarious. Sorry. Charles <laughs> from Brentford, Ontario. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's hilarious in Canada. It yes. makes total sense up there. Total, yes. total hilarious. Uh, P.S. Obligatory Cthulhu expansion. P.P.S. No, wait, not that. The other thing. Right. Excellent. Uh, I'm a big fan of of giving the players moral conundrums, mm-hmm. where if you do if you do this, this good thing happens, but this bad thing happens, and if you do this. I love the situations when there's no good choice. There's right. no clear choice. Right. There's only lesser evil choices. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the, the are that's that's a lot of times when you get to see a lot of really 
good RP between the player characters mm-hmm. is when they're sitting there trying to decide <clears throat> which which shit sandwich off of the menu are we going uh-huh. to order. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, I worry about making that taking that into the realm of game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can do that in any game. He's doing it in 4th edition D&D. Right. That mm-hmm. proves you can do it in any game <laughs> system. <laughs> Okay. No matter how RP unfriendly it is. Exactly. And and so I, I I worry about that's one of the one of the things like right off the bat that mm-hmm. kind of worried me about uh Apocalypse World. Mm-hmm. Um now, not not really not so much Apocalypse World, but when when the when the narrative becomes part of the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. I'm not phrasing this right because the narrative is always part of the game mechanics. Let me think on it for a second. Okay. Is it when Go the ahead. game mechanics dictate narrative? Because that's apocalypse world. Right? They it's do, like though. you succeed. <clears throat> they do it. You succeed with a complication. You roll. You, to, you roll to pick sure. the lock on this door. That's true. I mean, it, right. ha- it happens anything, but that's not exactly what I hmm. mean. I have to think on it. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I agree from the standpoint that <coughs> it it I would rather have it be. A philosophy and something I just do as a GM from mm-hmm. a storytelling standpoint than trying to wedge it in mechanically. Yes. Right? Because, uh, as you noted, then people will say, well, how do I do that? How do I take advantage of it? Do I not do it? I like, I like systems that, like, uh, as an example, we talk about Life of Savage Worlds, like the, Benny's me- the Benny mechanic I always liked because it's a way for people to GM or a place to reward good moments of role-playing. Right. Right? Um, though that's a neat mechanic incentive mm-hmm. for that stuff to happen. There's other games that do that where, like Vampire, right? It's like you get blood points back if you do things that follow you, certain... You get uh, willpower points. Willpower points, right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Back when you... Oh, here's this thing that you did that follows your what your character's really about. Right. Right? Your, your true inner self, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of push you down certain directions and may... May give you interesting decision points. That the GM's paying attention to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, I know that they probably want a willpower point back. They could really use it, so I'm going to put this thing out there. Oh, oh no! Wow, that's a, a very excited <laughs> drink. Um, where, what the hell? Where you could you could say if you do this, like the player kind of knows. Oh, well, I'm going to get that willpower point back, which would be really important. But maybe I should do this thing over here, which is not going to garner me that, mm-hmm. right? Right. But it's going to give me this other benefit. Like they both have an up and a down, mm-hmm. right? I think that's, and that trying to make that work mechanically is very odd to me, because so much of that flows out of the course of gameplay. Yes. Like seeing what's important to characters, seeing what's important to players, seeing what situations are available and possible, and then. Oh, here's an opportunity for me to make that happen, and and sometimes it's not an immediate payoff. Like you start seeing how that's going to evolve, and if you're in a campaign, you can take a few sessions to get there, right, for the payoff. So I think it's it's I like I like the idea that he's been so inspired by this huge payoff moment that he had mm-hmm. that he's like, oh my god, how do I make this happen all the time, right? But I, think, I don't think the answer to that is mechanical. I don't either. <clears throat> I don't think it's mechanical either. I mean that that's one of the reasons I I was so interested as I started reading the L5R book 
to run it mm-hmm. is the fact that all of the characters who are samurai mm-hmm. are constrained by these seven laws or these seven right. tenets. Mm-hmm. And that's so unlike a lot of role-playing mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. We we are such murder hobos yeah. when we have our characters and go out and do our things. Yes. Unless we constrain ourselves in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I really think... like. Remember when when um, when we did the orc thing? We had the orc code of honor, the, mm-hmm. the three mm-hmm. rules on yep. why orcs act the way they right. they act. Yep. Right. And it's a hardcore code of honor that most people would look at and go, "That's crazy." Mm-hmm. Right. But it's what they live by. Right. And and that it 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 constrains them sometimes to their detriment, mm-hmm. but it also defines who they are. Sure. Yeah. And and. And it's interesting because there are character classes that traditionally are like that. Like the paladin Paladins, traditionally sure. is like that, right? Right. Um, where it's like, yes, you're very powerful, you have all these abilities, but, th- but this is the constraints that are placed upon you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and the thing, in some ways, I almost think that you, they should get a mechanical advantage mm-hmm. for that. I can see that. That compensates for the story, for the constraining part of it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, in, in the case of a paladin, for example, I mean, that's, they're really powerful characters. Well, right. yeah, and they're, so, they're, but, they're, but, they're fighters but, and clerics. Right, fighters right. and yeah. clerics, and they have war horses, and they can wear heavy armor, but they still have a magical ability. Like, they're, right. like they're, they're badass. I think paladins are badass. And they are healers. And, right, healers. Right. Like, but the but it, they use the stick, not the carrot, right? It's like yeah, you have all this amazing stuff, but if you stray from the tenants, right, you are then supposed to. There should be consequence, right? right. I right. think that's where you get all these people like, oh, I want to play a paladin because I'm min maxing, they're badass, and like, well, I I don't I don't look at the thing as it happens. It's like uh-huh. you know, like they come up with all these ways that they maintain their their purity right. or their yeah. following of their god or whatever it is. That's why I've always maintained, yeah. if so you ever annoying. read the Dresden Files series, Michael, mm-hmm. the character who's mm-hmm. one of the he, he, the one of the Knights I of the Cross. Love him. He is. He is how every paladin should be played. Mm-hmm. Yes. With that level of moral certitude mm-hmm. and that 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 uh, feeling of uh, a sense of duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and just like this unshakable foundation, like even when everything's going to rot, he's like, "The Lord will provide." Yes, Harry. and I <laughs> may well die doing this, and it will make the world a better place. And this is my calling. My wife and children know this. They have accepted this in their life, and mm-hmm. you're just like, <gasps> and it's all it's and yeah. Oh, so much <clears throat> bad stuff happens to him. I don't know. But and oh, his, but his time. faith is still unshakable, Absolutely. even for all the stuff that's happened to him. Yeah. Right. God, when will the next book come out? I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's he better it, it, not just leave it there. He better not. No, no, he's right. writing it now. He's writing it now. And uh, I mean, there are. There, it's interesting because there are a lot of game systems that that provide you mechanical advantages for complications. Yeah. Right when there's when there's points to be spent, it's like oh well, you get five more points to spend mm-hmm. on good stuff because you took a bad th- bad stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Right. Which, but I you know, so there it happens in that way. I don't know. It just seems to me when you get to the to the level of what is getting talked about here, it, it, I think it becomes very difficult to mechanically yeah. define that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that has to be GM setup. And like right. Stu was saying, like you you know with 
L5R. He, he planned it, and he put the Bushido code against each other. Mm-hmm. So and, that and, you have to premeditate up, all this. It was up on a whiteboard right. behind me, over my shoulder, and every right. player could look at it all the time and see yeah. the seven things. Now, there is kind of a mechanical thing in it, because the honor is based sure. on... yes. And, it, and, and the honor system is kind of based on your character's, your character's perception of how honorable he or she is. Yes. Right. That is right. what and that determines sort of what your your moral strength mm-hmm. depending on on how certain you are that you are right. living an honorable life. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, yeah, there is a mechanical yeah. aspect to yeah. it, but it's not mm. but it's not mm. that's not story driven. No. Right. That that It's not that like af- automatic like it, it, well it, it affects other stuff. Yeah. It's not right. it's not affecting the decision you need to make. Right. The whole point of that decision is You've taken two tenants and put them at odds, mm-hmm. yeah. and you have to pick one. Right? Are you going to be more courteous, or are you going to be more brave, mm-hmm. or right. whatever the right? Whatever. And, the I, and I think is. the thing to to maybe speak to to this email right is the fact that you know that that Charles is saying is like maybe those are those are the pieces that you know are going to that players may think about from the mechanical standpoint that help build. Into the decision you're having them make, those aren't the like that's not the mechanic that does it. But they know like, oh man, those are two of the tenets of Bushido, and I'm not going to affect my character. How do my character really think about that? I'm going to get a plus here with a minus. So like maybe that's in the back of their little uh, mechanics brains, but but really what's driving them there is the story, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And there's not like that mechanic of like I don't want you to roll a die. It's like oh here's two choices. And they're like the whole meta thing, like one is going to be here, and obviously your character wants to do that, and this one's going to be bad, but later you'd be paid off. It's like, I don't know, that doesn't seem, I don't think he would have the same reaction right. that he had from the nat- where he brought the players to. Right. Right? Because As I think, a natural progression of right, the narrative. Right. right. And I think right. that that kind of narrative takes a while to build. Mm-hmm. Right? You wouldn't just sit down and we wouldn't be playing in a one shot, and hey, we're now we're in, and it's like, all right. Here's a big decision, and there's A and there's B. Yeah, and you'd be like, "Oh, I don't know, I, I don't, don't care. care." Yeah, right. I haven't, you know. But again, to, the, to that Star Wars traveling. By the time I got Dave to where you guys had found Darth Non, everybody had an idea. Then when it happened, everybody knew what they thought about Dave's character. Yep. Right. Dave had big decisions to make, mm-hmm. and the party had decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those weren't all everybody in the same direction <laughs> and decisions. Who yeah. knew? Who yeah. knew? Right. So it's <coughs> but that takes time. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's. That's the hard part about trying to uh, to put mechanics behind it. Mm-hmm. Is mechanics in in my mind just now on the top of my head thing? I like tend to be for here is a moment you need to resolve this thing right now. Mm. What's the mechanical way to do that? Right, I get a plus, I get a minus, I roll a die, boom, here it is. Right, right, but it's in service to that greater story and that length. Yeah, well, and, also motivating people who are resistant to just kind of going with the role playing. Mm-hmm. Like there's those people who aren't interested necessarily. They want a right choice. Right. So the mechanics sometimes, if there are benefits, can kind of maybe push those people who are a little bit min-maxi into, you know, more of a role-play solution mm. if there is some sort of mechanic there, I think. Did the, I totally contradict what you were just saying? No, no. Oh, okay. No, but, but I think it's a good argument for the other yeah. side. Like, does that help people role-play who don't normally role-play? Right. Because well, they it, can, it, they it, can I mean, weight it with value. If you get into a situation where the, where the, the, the players are truly completely paralyzed. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Then you can throw that carrot out. Sure. Yeah. But it, it's so much better when they'd like, just do it. This is what we got to do. We mm-hmm. have to do it this way because this is the least of the two horrible options. 
Um, or when they sit and argue and they don't agree on which one. Right. <laughs> which is completely the mode of sin. Mm-hmm. All day. <laughs> uh, Zazamond mm-hmm. said that's why he loves playing crab in L5R. <laughs> L5R. You know, I have this scene... Because I, I I like to when I when I ran the L five R game I liked I liked to find uh, minor families and clans mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're they're like not established right because there's certain families and in, in in each of the clans that are like the major families yeah so I like to try to like find the little minor guys and <clears throat> and flesh them out and I have I may have talked about it on the air I don't remember but when I was going to run the, a con game of L five R. Uh, and I ended up not going to that con. Mm. I had an amazing concept for a crab clan oh. family that had a certain area where basically, you know, you have there's a there's the wall, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. crab live along the wall, and they protect. Right. Yeah, they, they they're they're basically the barrier between the between the 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 Emerald uh, Empire and mm-hmm. and the Shadowlands. Mm. Right. So they're like constantly. The, the battle between the Shadowlands for them never ends. Yeah. But I had a, a section of it where it's, it's almost like a sheer cliff. Mm-hmm. So it's impenetrable for the Shadowland creatures in that area. But they're crab. They, their duty is to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have basically like a, a pulley system with a giant platform that drops down into the mist of the Shadowlands. Oh. Every morning, and they go down on patrols. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and then they ring a bell when it's time to pull them up, and it takes mm-hmm. you know fifteen minutes to pull the thing back up to the top of the cliff. Wow. Yeah, so it's like crazy scary. That's cool. Right. We, we have to prove that we're just as good of crab as the rest yeah, of the clan is. Clan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Uh, how RPGs saved my life. Literally saved his life. So he wrote about Maybe, it. Maybe, I think so. From, from Kevin. Kevin. Good day, Jackas. This is a true story about how role-playing saved my life. And maybe a few others. It was sometime around the mid-90s in Sacramento, California. There's your problem. <laughs> I had just moved into my first apartment in perhaps the worst part of town. That would be right next to the government building. <laughs> <laughs> My roommate, who was not known for his wisdom, had fallen over, head over heels for the girl next door mm-hmm. and was not subtle about it. <laughs> Hello, nurse! <laughs> <laughs> Sarah was not interested in my roommate because she was currently seeing one of the local gang members. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, wisdom was his dump stat. <laughs> I had become good friends with her father and spent a lot of time at their house playing chess. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, you went in the... That's right, hello. One day, there was a knock on my door while my roommate was at work. I opened the door to see three thugs standing there smiling. They wanted to know if my roommate was home. Being a nice guy, I offered them beer while they waited. They politely declined, then walked off. They did not come back for some reason. No. As one would expect, I would get harassed by gang members while walking to work. If nothing but that cold stare to be very clear that I was not welcome on my own street. Uh, Neighborhood watch. Uh, A week later, I was next door... I was next door with Sarah's father... A week later, I was next door 
Sarah's father's computer, compact computer. No, you're trying to what? make this sentence. This is how the sentence yeah. reads. A week later, I was next door to Sarah's father's compact computer. <laughs> probably next door, like, working, working on. on. Working on yeah. Sarah's yeah, yeah. father's compact yeah. computer when one of the thugs dropped by. Larry was everything you would expect from a gang member. Gold, except, except his except name was Larry. Larry. <laughs> Larry. Larry. All right, something about the cap on your ass. My name is like, Larry. My name is Larry. <clears throat> Watch, she's probably going to, like, come bash that fucking door, so too. She's mad. What the fuck? Uh, gold chain, saggy pants, and a little bit of a bully. Hmm. I thought I almost thought that was belly. I'm like, no. <laughs> this was Sarah's boyfriend. Larry. Yeah. Sarah was not home, so Larry had nothing to do but watch me fix the computer. He tried to strike up a conversation with me. I kind of felt like when the bully had you cornered in wood shop near the teacher's desk. Though everything he said was officially nice, his tone was tailored to intimidate me, and it was working. So, what are you doing, man? Working on a computer? Computer. You a college boy? Yeah. Can you dodge a bullet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty fast there. <laughs> I like thinking he's Larry. So, you think you can dodge a bullet? Right. <laughs> and it why. sounds like Scully Wallace. Or Scully, Scully, Scully Wallace. Wallace. I'm a bully. I'm a vampire, you know. <laughs> I was very happy to see Sarah's father and nervously asked him what he was doing next Friday because we were going to be playing Shadowrun and needed a mage. Is that like Dungeons and Dragons and shit? Larry asked. Oh, no. High school flashbacks <laughs> now with, without braces. I braced myself for the downpour of taunting that never came. Uh, yeah, I said, trying to hide my fear. Oh, hell yeah. Can I play a ranger? That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> he said with actual excitement. That is so cool. The next hour was explaining that that we're actually going to be playing Shadowrun and gave him the backstory. I figured he would pull I would politely invite him and he would forget. This week I was not harassed by anyone yeah. on my way to the bus. <laughs> <Woo>! All right. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Friday, Larry arrived with a case of beer, a bottle of vodka, and extra <laughs> notebooks and pencils. Oh my god! And a nine mil. All right, let's do this thing. Shadow run. You're like, oh man, Larry. Uh, Larry was not messing around. He was very disappointed when we did not use D20s in Shadow Run. No. So we let him roll mine in between turns. <laughs> he ended up playing the best street shaman I have ever had the joy of running in a game. Larry added a bit of real-life crime experience <laughs> to the game with extra detailed knowledge on how to fence loot. Nice. All right. As a GM, I made the ruling that was made the ruling that was not metagaming. Okay. <clears throat> on the way to the bus next week, I was greeted by the head by the head nod of the guys. The head the guys nod. The on guys do on the street. That like was the, this yeah. one. Uh, the next few weeks, Larry started to come over more often. The crimes he committed on Friday nights now had an XP bonus versus other kinds everyone agreed on was the ten, ten, top ten lists of I don't want to know. <laughs> the chat room's like, yo, back off. That's my GM, son. That's my GM, son. <laughs> Step off. Uh... Uh, then it happened. One night, all of us had too much to drink, and Larry had admitted that the reason why he dropped by the house that first day was to kill my roommate and everyone in the house, including myself. <laughs> Fuck! He was very apologetic. Oh, my God. The first gesture when I offered to give him a beer gave him second thoughts, inviting him over to the game 
Uh, he told the rest of the gang we were off limits, and the laughter in the room was slightly <laughs> awkward. <laughs> wow. That's could, like built up trust with your GM right there, admitting you were going to murder him. Right. Like admitting no, homicide was, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was pretty pissed. Now I was going to come over and kill your roommate and kill you, what? too. And you're like, what? so what's our adventure tonight? I don't know. What did you want to do, Larry? <laughs> Did you? Did you? Make, you know, there's a bunch of cool stuff that I think you did. Yeah, you, you opened a door and there it was. Oh my god, that's amazing! Talk about a money haul. Oh my god, you? that's right. Oh. After a few months, I had to move to Knoxville. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, 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 you missed the. Top. Oh wait, we continue to play every Friday night, playing everything from Shadowrun to my homebrew. I should write that down sometime soon. Larry is always <laughs> one of the best players. After a few months, I had to move to Knoxville. And totally lost contact with Larry. Mm-hmm. The witness protection program. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I ran into him in 2005. He ended up joining the army. Oh. I guess he had a clean right. record. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he was acting as an army recruiter in the mall. Larry right. had mentioned that he still runs D&D for a group in the barracks and was looking for a cleric. <laughs> All right. Moral of the story, char- story, charisma is not a dump stat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never assume that someone does not play a game because of how they look. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always offer beer to strangers at the door. Hell yes! <laughs> You'll notice that really the first step to saving his life. I mean, yeah. gaming sealed the deal. Right. But it was beer. It was beer it was. that beer. really yes. saved his life. That, wow. That's amazing. Kevin from jackmonkeygames.com. Yeah, yes. P.S. I should join the forum. He should. You totally should. Wow, that's an amazing story. That was oh fantastic. My that's gosh, incredible. do you remember that? Were you that poker game we had at the apartment where it was going really late and there was a lot of money on the table? No, I wasn't. I was somewhere else because I came home and you were like trying to decompress from it. Yeah, so we had a, we had we had there was uh, like thousands of dollars. Yeah, on the table. So we had a huge oh, poker game going, uh-huh. and uh, we used to play poker all the time at the apartment. And then our next I door neighbor, I had gone to bed. No, no, you you were out someplace because you okay. came you came back. I remember and it was kind of right after things had broken up, mm-hmm. and and our next door neighbor said like, "Hey, do you mind if I come over and bring a couple of my friends?" And there was so much money on the table. We we're playing AC There was so much money on the table, and one of his friends is like, "Oh man, I get some more money out." And he stands up and he goes, "I have a money belt," and he and he goes and he lifts up his jacket to his money belt and he's got a gun, and I'm like. <laughs> Holy shit, we gotta end this game. I'm thinking in my head, we gotta end this game like right now. How fast can we end this game? And this guy should win. Like, like, I'm just like, what can I. So I'm just like, I'm making. Home. I'm just. Yeah, yeah, split. Whatever, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, just anything I can do to try to end that game and get in the hell out of there. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, guys. That's great. Like, I ended it and Stu came home and I'm like, uh, oh you know, with a beer in one hand, a whiskey in the other hand. I'm like, oh, right. holy crap. The neighbor brought over some dude that was a friend of his, and he was like, "We had a gun." He was packing. He was packing, and there was like about a grand on the table. Oh God! That's the that's the guy who um, used to wander around when he'd hear spray cans with a knife. Yeah, he he had a stiletto. He would he would mm-hmm. he had and I, and I remember waking up one night hearing you know, the spray. You don't hear as much, but when they shake the shake cans, the yeah, they, yeah. they were they were tagging like the garage around yeah. around the back and of the, the laundry room and the. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, the laundry yeah, room. Yeah. So I heard that, and it woke me up, and I look, and I see him wandering around, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I, I get dressed, and I go downstairs, I'm like, what are you doing? And I, and I find him, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, good thing you came that way. If you'd come around the other way, I would have stabbed you. Oh. And, he, yeah, and you're like, uh, like what? He's like, I'm trying to catch those kids. <laughs> like, what do you do when you catch them? Stab them? Murder? Yeah. 
Oh man! It's like I don't know, but I bought one of those like top-down big chest freezers, and <laughs> <laughs> it's empty. Yeah. Oh my that gosh. guy was yeah, that guy was a little crazy. Yeah. Damn. All right. All right. Damn. Uh, is anything important? Beer and the cause of solution problems. The thing. Damn, Kevin. That's hardcore. Mm-hmm. I was. I was. Kind of, Larry, if you're listening to this podcast, dude, I was. I, I don't know why I was making fun of your name. You're. You're, oh, you're please. amazing. Please. It's actually really cool. Go army. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. Yeah. Um, streams this week. We are streaming on Tuesday night, the very last Edge of the Empires and game. And maybe on Monday. And possibly, Gen. we're right. trying to figure out, possibly Monday night character generation for Savage World our Rifts. Savage World Rifts game. Which Dave has a title for, and I don't know. Tomorrow remember. Legion. Tomorrow, Tomorrow Legion, Legion yes. It. So check the streaming schedule. We will update it. Um, we might also, depending on Gina's schedule, be making up Happy, J- Happy Jack's hot seat this week since we had to okay. reschedule because a pipe burst in her house. It was very sad. Wow. So, yeah, it's set to. I'm going to figure that I owe you one of those. i got to do one of those. Totally. I'm excited to do and that. Stu, too. Yeah, there's something else I wanted to mention. There's something there's else. Anything people don't know about Stu? Because you take questions, right? <laughs> I totally about, do. Well, Stu thinks. Talk about how the, how the hot seat works for people who haven't okay, seen Okay, so that. if you haven't tuned into Happy Jack's Hot Seat, it will be becoming a podcast fairly soon, eventually. Yes, uh, when yes. When Stu does it. Because Bill made the, the artwork for it because he's awesome. Um, but uh, so I have a host, or actually I have some people who are not Happy Jack's hosts who are interested in mm. coming on who've been reaching out to me, which is very exciting. So I have a guest um, a couple days before I post on the forum. You can post questions that you want to have asked of this person. Most of them have to do with tabletop RPGs. Samantha was on <coughs> recently, so a lot of the questions with her had to do with cosplay, what it's like being a new player, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then I ask the questions, and then people in the chat room can chime in too, because it's like all live streams. So it's kind of a interactive what you want to know about the, the guests. So it's, kind of, it's very fun. It's awesome. And it all takes place in my shop, which is a total mess. I need to make that better, but... <laughs> we're we're trying to schedule moat. They're saying moat, 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 right? moat, moat. My people, we're my tr- people. We're trying to schedule it. it it's the holiday season blame is tough. Tim, it's, it's not Tim's Tim. fault. It's not Tim. Doesn't matter if it's, fault. it's just you just blame him. Sixty percent Tim's fault. It, it's the holidays. It's it's Jesus's fault. That's whose fault it is. Is it Jesus or Santa's <laughs> fault? Ultimately, I think it would be Jesus. It depends fault. on what you believe in. Santa's a construct that came later, isn't he? Well, but. But then you start delving into like what actually is around the season, and that there was pagan holidays that were celebrated before Christianity came and took it over. And it's it's a Tim's whole fault. convoluted mess. All so it's Tim. easier just to say Tim. Tim. Tim Otherwise, Tim's it's another hour of this yeah. stream okay. trying to figure right. out like which <laughs> deity is you know. Actually the chat room's like Kimmy's going to have a game where people are tied to chairs just so that she can get them get her moat fix. <laughs> I'm just going to kidnap them and tie them to chairs. We are playing, and Inukai is going to happen. But I don't know if you guys know, L5R got bought by FFG. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to wait till the new rule set comes out? I don't think I'm going to wait until the new rule set comes out, but I kind of want to see what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that means you're going to be jamming four games again. Think yeah, that's, that's future Stu's problem. Okay. Um, well, by, <laughs> by that point, one of the other three games may have concluded. Sure. That's true. I don't know. Um, but, and that, and... I, I think I want to run a Dresden game before oh, Inokai. Oh, that's right. fun. Because I, I want to I try that. But um, I really kind of want to see what they're going to do with L5R. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the RPG, I know, has not been a big moneymaker for mm-hmm. 
Alderac Entertainment. Right. It's the playing card, the collect, the mm-hmm. playing card mm-hmm. game that's been the, yeah. the big money maker. So hopefully, they continue. FFG continues to support it, um, and it doesn't end up having dice that you have to interpret like chicken entrails. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll just have to make it famous due to our amazing streaming. Yes. So, but yeah. There you go. Wait, I do have I have an assignment for everyone who's in the chat room right now and the people who are active on Twitch specifically. Um, so your homework this week is to go hang out in another uh, RPG stream or talk show or something and at some point talk about, hey, this is a really great stream and name drop Happy Jack's RPG. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, do it subtly. Don't go in and like advertise because that's a dick move. Okay, but be like, hey, you know, they were talking about that on this podcast I was listening to uh, last Friday. It's ha- it's channel Happy Jacks RPG Live. So that is your homework this week. Uh, project why Twitch followers make when, when you, you know Twitch, know Twitch followers, followers have, have you that want, you know want, want to, to make. make. But we do want to make them. Yeah, we want to make Twitch followers. Yes. So, and we've actually had a big boost lately. Um, so, yeah. Zazamon says that FFG is planning to do a, uh, a, an RPG for L5R. Mm-hmm. He asked it. Ask them at Gen Con. Yeah. Yeah, and p- pimping us out on Reddit is awesome, too. Super helpful. So I have a question that I'll ask. How many people we got in the chat room right now? Uh, we have 15 decision, viewers 15 decision makers yes. right now? Okay. Do you... I'm interested... Because maybe this will be streaming notes around. Like, like is, Star Wars Traveler. Keep doing that? You guys want to keep doing it, but what are, the, what are the people who have listened to the podcast? We've never streamed it live. Well, now but, you have... You have... Like... Updated and reconditioned rules, too. Oh, and they are gorgeous. Yeah. They will be done before the end of the year, and they're mm-hmm. going to be... Uh, I talked with Matt. Matt's giving it the last read-through right now. In fact, I think this morning he emailed me the final, final file. Okay. So I'm going to probably put it out as a Christmas gift to uh, everybody on the forums. Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know what that is, is I reskinned Traveler for Star Wars. So the answer is yes, 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 exclamation, 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 yes... Yes to yes anything, to anything Bill, Bill wants. wants. <laughs> so, uh, and and uh, uh, Tannic 5, I think, or Tarnic Well, le- le- here, here, I think, this is Asimond again, I think I'd like a non-imperial campaign. We are working on that, sir. Mm-hmm. Some yes. of us if in you, the party. If you, have, if you have listened to it, I think the thing that's interesting is it went from heavy empire-driven, yeah. but because of the moral and ethical things that have come up, and some some turnover, like it's now gotten in space. Like, oh yeah, most of us are ex empire, but I don't know. I don't know if maybe that's the way we should go. Right. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I, when the game started, Tyler's <clears throat> character was a uh, imperial army officer. Mm-hmm. I was an, uh, a storm retired stormtrooper. Storm right. So it's like, no, oh, no, empire's right. been good to me. Well, the thing that's <gasps> interesting is with Rob and and Stork's like Stork's replacement character is an ex stormtrooper. Right. Right. And Rob is a freaking like vice admiral, right. retires and like did really well. And they do a lot of work for the Empire. But what I've been trying to put out in front of the group is is I'm trying to raise the stakes a little bit. So now when you guys go out and do stuff for the Empire, it is not. It's like yeah, you're starting to get like dirty wet work. Right. Like that last thing you guys went on did not end well. No. And and it's I, like we don't want to send our own people out there to do right. This. No, so we're going to send yeah. you out there, and it's like, wow, you're doing some jacked up, st- and it's only going to get worse, right? Mm-hmm. Because you guys need to make big money. 
So it's not like, hey, could you go and have a conversation with these people and maybe see if they might like to buy some Empire Scout cookies? No, it's going to be like all <laughs> that orphanage. We think there's a, a kid who's a force user in there, so you should probably kill all of them. It's going to be that kind of crap. Right. 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 Where it's like, really? We need to oh, do that? Oh, man. I mean, Dave, Dave's character has, and this is we talked about this in the last session, Dave's character has an inter- a couple of interesting choices. Oh, yeah. S.B. Lloyd says, send them in to kill some younglings. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, Dave's got an interesting choice because the character, Orella, uh, um, Elspeth's character, Orella's niece, obviously used force powers. And she's really powerful. Uh-huh. But wholly oh. untrained. Right. So now Dave is going to have a choice. Well, he should do what any Sith would do. Sure. I'll make her my secret apprentice. <laughs> it depends on how much he wants to follow mm-hmm. the tenets of the Sith. Right. Right? Like, or, or does, you know, and what if she doesn't want to do that? Well, then he's supposed to kill her. But right. that's Arella's niece. Like, I, like, there's so many little, oh, yeah. like, there's all these threads. And I, as you said... If you want it to be a non-empire camp, non-imperial campaign, like it's 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 heading that it's direction. It's heading that direction, but I think it's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be a couple of characters that are like, I don't, I don't think I want to go that direction, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And and I and I when I think of that, I think of Dave specifically because the huge choice he made with Darth Anon was to support the M was to support the empire the emperor, emperor over the empire. Over the empire. Yes. So he's already shown well, you know, it's more about the individual. Than the constructs, right? Even, but that may m- merely be because of fear. Sure, in right. fact, it probably is. Right, or it, or it may be easier for him to think he can overthrow an individual rather than an entire organization. Oh, Dave's in later. there. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. That's what Dave says. Mm-hmm. He's in the chat room right what, now. What's more important, Dave, the individual or the con or the the, the political construct. The emperor or the empire? Emperor or empire? Because you said emperor. That was your choice you made. That was the choice you made, you fucker. <laughs> you dark-hearted bastard. You pink-haired, wily coyote. <laughs> I. My, my character is is much more interested in getting paid. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so. so far, I've spent money on a masseuse that I no longer have. And all the stuff that I don't have on me that was in my ship, I no longer have. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think we left it to, to know, knowing that we because we were having the baby. Like I knew we were gonna have a big break. Right. right? I was glad to where I, I was happy with where we actually ended up. Right. We ended up on a big cliffhanger. And if you think of it as like, oh, it's a 13 episode arc, it actually kind of worked that way. Sure. And there's a lot going forward and changes to characters. So good. I'm glad people wanted to see that go. I want to see it going on. And everybody, all you guys have said you want to see it happen. Uh, Dave says the game is not going anti-empire. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. We'll see about that because you have to turn your back sometime. <laughs> Even Sith sleep. <laughs> all right. Which well, call fortunately, it? fortunately though, I mean, you know, look, if you guys get out of hand, Dave can always use that. Uh, you know, he can he can use his. Uh, I'm going to say Horcrux. That's the wrong thing. He can use Amazing his, uh, Sith powers? No, no. His... Uh, Credit card? No. The... the. I got rid of that. God, I was going to say. <laughs> God damn it. I can't remember the name of it. The Holocron. I Holocron. Say, for he can use the power of the Holocron. Oh, wait. Somebody destroyed that. I sent that shit into a star. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. You blew it up with the other ship. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I was going to send it into a star, and right. then I had the opportunity. That's right. They, just, they trusted me, so I laced it with explosives. It's tough. It's tough being a Sith. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. 
All right. I'm going to call it. All right. Come on, Blake. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> We're listeners of Happy Jack. Thank you for joining us for Season 18, Episode 9 of Happy Jack Jumper Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. <laughs> I, I did a really horrible. This is Bill. And we'll be back next Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. 8 p.m. Pacific Time, approximately. In cheer, well, the next in, show. In, uh, Chibirka. <laughs> right, okay, Chibirka. Yes. Uh, and then uh, maybe a Monday character generation session. Right. FFG Star Wars on Tuesday, closing session. And uh, you're going to do the Thursday hot seat? Or? We'll see. It'll be on the streaming schedule. It depends right. on Gina. So it'll be either this Thursday or the next Thursday. All right, excellent. Thank you very much. We'll leave with a song.
Pod's Tale for life without 